Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless your life, encourage you, and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Grab a notebook, a pen, and let's jump right in. How's everybody doing this morning? Excellent, man. What a great day in the house of God. Incredible time already in worship. And I'm telling you what, we are just getting started. I believe by the end of this service, you are going to be challenged. You are going to be called. You're going to be ready to go forward and do some incredible things with God. But before I get to that, let me share a couple things with you. First off, if we have not had the opportunity to meet, um, let me introduce myself. I'm Pastor Chris. Um, I'm delighted that you're with us today. I, we love being a part, my wife and I love being a part of what God is doing here at Encounter Church. And I cannot wait to see what the future holds. Amen? Amen. Amen. So welcome this morning. Thanks so much for being here. Those of you that are watching online, we love you as well. We are so grateful for you. Can't wait to see you in person very, very soon. Hey guys, just a couple of things. First off, team night. If you're part of a serve team right now, you're serving in any capacity whatsoever, or maybe you have a desire to serve on a serve team and you have not yet jumped in, this coming Wednesday night at 7 p.m., we are going to be having our quarterly team night serve team night event right here at the church. It's going to be some incredible stuff. I encourage you. In fact, we highly encourage every single serve team member to be with us Wednesday night at seven o'clock. It'll last a little about an hour, hour and a half or so, and we'll get you out here right away. But we have some exciting things that we want to share with you, some new information that we're going to lay out to you at this event. So Wednesday night at 7 p.m., Secondly, Easter is coming up. How many of you know Easter happens once a year? This year it falls on April 17th. Man, we just heard the ad. We're going to be at the Performing Arts Center right here at the high school. Warrensburg going to have an incredible service over there. But we're going to meet together one service at the high school this year. We're promoing that. We have a banner out underneath our billboard. I've got invite cards out in the back. So as you leave this morning, make sure you grab some invite cards. In fact, let me throw a couple out there this morning. And nobody grabbed it. You guys are excited. Somebody grab that. Help me out here. Somebody just act like you're excited to grab that. Good, good. So, so we're excited back there. We're, let's see who's excited over here. Come on, somebody over here. Grab the invite cards. There we go. You get to pass those out to your friends. Grab a stack of invite cards. Very simple. It shares the information of what's happening at Easter. That's available. Those of you that have a yard, we have yard signs. I've got about 45 of them left. They've been already been going this morning. 45 yard signs available. Sam's waving his over here. Mine's already up in the yard. Um, if your subdivision allows you to put a yard sign up, grab one of the yard signs, put it in your yard, and then after Easter, bring it back and we'll recycle it for next year. So we're going to get the word out for Easter. In your seats this morning, you have a faith promise card. We'll talk about that in a minute. Don't let it confuse you right now. I'll explain it. And then as you came in, you should have received a He is Worthy. That's the theme, the Assemblies of God missions theme for 2022. Um, he is Worthy. It's taken from Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, where it says that Jesus is worthy. He is the one that was slain for us, killed for us, died on a cross for every single one of us. And I don't know about you, but man, that's a game changer in my life. Jesus loving me so much, he's willing to give everything so that I can have hope, that I can have life, that I can have forgiveness. 
So he is worthy is the theme this year. This shows you every single missionary that Encounter Church supports, every missions project that we support. Please take this home. Pray for these missionaries throughout your week. Ask God to bless them to open open doors. I'll tell you, COVID has really kind of rocked our missionaries' worlds. It's kind of put a damper on some of what they're doing. Many of our missionaries have been able recently just to get back into their countries. But please pray for our missionaries that God will continue to use them. All right. How many of you are ready for the word of God this morning? And amen. Amen. We got everything else out of the way for the next two weeks, we're going to take a a short little siesta, a short little break away from our study on the book of Acts, but we're not taking a break from the mission that God has set before us. You see, our mission for 2022 is multiply. Everything that we do as a church is going to revolve around this topic. So for the next two weeks, we're going to talk about what does it mean to multiply missions. Now, some of you are new to the church world. You've just come in over the last little bit and you're like, I don't even know what missions is. I don't even know what that looks like. Let me give you a quick explanation. Jesus himself told us to go into all the world and to share the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone everywhere. What is that good news? The good news is that Jesus willfully died on the cross so that you and I could have eternal life, that we could have forgiveness from all the wrong things, all the sin, all the unrighteousness in our lives. So missions is taking that good news around the world. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, it's impossible for a crowd such as us. I mean, there's about 300 in this campus alone. It's hard for 300 people to impact the world, right? So therefore, we have missionaries. We have missionaries that are called, just like Pastor Luke is called to the next gen, to our youth, and Pastor Tori is called to our kids, and I've been called to lead a congregation. Pastor Joe has been called to lead us in worship. All, these, all of us have this calling in life. We have missionaries that are called to go to other areas of the world and share this good news. So for the next two weeks, we're going to process what does that look like for us the local church. But here's the problem. For many of you in the room, if I was to say, describe to me where a missionary goes and what a missionary looks like, this is probably what comes to mind. Take a look at this picture. Some remote tribe in Africa somewhere, or maybe you think of this. Some strange-looking white guy hanging out in a tribe like he doesn't fit. But I want you to understand something. Yes, this is missions, and yes, they are reaching people that are lost in the remote tribe of Africa. We've still got to reach them. But we have missionaries that are reaching all around the world to all people, all lands. Therefore, we have missionaries, yes, in Africa reaching the remote tribes, But we have missionaries on college campuses across the United States in a ministry we call Chi Alpha. We're praying diligently and working diligently with the Chi Alpha Department of the Assemblies of God to to formulate a team that will impact the campus in Warrensburg. Be praying with me. We believe that's coming 
within the next couple of years. Why? Because we want to reach the lost on our college campuses. Because if we can reach them at the college campus, then they spread around the world. Amen? Amen. We have missionaries in South Africa. We have missionaries in our local communities. We have missionaries in Vanuatu and Slovakia. We have missionaries reaching bikers here in the United States. We have missionaries at the Missouri State Capitol reaching and speaking into our state representatives, our state senators, and having devotions with them and sharing the Word of God at our state capitol. That's incredible. We have missionaries that are reaching our law enforcement right here in Missouri. We have missionaries in areas that this morning, honestly, I can't disclose to you where they are because they're in dangerous areas in our world. We have missionaries that reach orphans. We have missionaries that reach addicts. We have missionaries that invest in the inner city communities within the United States. We support missions all around the world. Why? Because everyone deserves the opportunity to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Everyone deserves the opportunity to know of the good news of Jesus Christ. No matter what their past, no matter what they've been through, no matter where they live, no matter what side of the tracks they're on, no matter what economic status they have, no matter whether they're male or female, it doesn't really matter. Everyone deserves this opportunity. Therefore, we will go. We will accept this challenge that God has laid before us. Why? Because He is worthy. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our glory. He is worthy of you and I taking this good news of what he has done. He will not die in vain, but the good news of Jesus Christ will be shared around the world. Why? Because we, the church, we, the followers of Christ, we, those that accept this relationship with him, will take this mission, not just here, but around the world. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, moments before Jesus ascended back to heaven after his resurrection, he looked at those that gathered in the crowd that day, and he said this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Now hold on to that word disciple. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, we look at this scripture, and if you've been around the church circle very long at all, I'm certain that you've heard this scripture probably 45,000 times. It's mentioned a lot, but here's what I've discovered over the last couple of weeks. We look at this scripture but we miss something. If you, if you notice, it starts out with a very important word. Therefore. Why does it say therefore? What is the therefore, therefore? What, what brought us to this moment? Why didn't he just say, go and make disciples? Why didn't he just get it out and share that news? Why did he say, therefore? Well, if you go back one verse, we grab a hold of the context. Verse 18, Jesus said this. It said, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. You see, it would be one thing for me to say, hey, 
I want you this week to go throughout the community of Sedalia and I want you to straighten every street sign because some of them, because of the snow and the ground changing, they've kind of shifted a little bit. So if you could this week, I want you to go and straighten the street signs, straighten the stop signs, straighten the speed limit signs. Take care of that for me if you could. But truth be told, I don't have the authority to tell him to do that. Right? But Jesus, reaffirming to his followers in that moment, he reaffirmed the authority that he has. He was fully God and fully man. He says, I have been given all authority in heaven and here on earth. Therefore, come on, here it is. I have the authority. So therefore, I'm going to share with you a mission, a calling, an opportunity for you to grab a hold of. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. But let's take it a little further. Why did he take the time before he went back to heaven? Why did he take the time to remind them of the authority that he had? Don't you love digging in? Man, I love finding the backstory. I love figuring out why did this happen? Why did this occur? What, what brought us to this moment? Jesus could have just said, go. He could have just said, I have authority. But there's a reason why he did what he did. If you look at verse 17, what happens is you see the crowd gathering together. And the Bible says, many of them believed. But here's what I want you to grab. But some of them doubted. Many of them believed, but some doubted. Have you ever doubted in life? Maybe you've doubted your calling. Maybe you've doubted your ability. Maybe you've doubted even your relationship with God. Well, here, Jesus takes a moment to remind us. We've all had those moments of doubts. But here's what I want you to grab a hold of this morning. Missions is the task and the assignment God has given to all who call themselves Christians. Missions is the assignment. Missions is the task. Missions is the calling for every single individual in this room, every person that's watching online that calls themselves a follower, a believer, a Christian. It's a mission that's not seasonal. We don't just look at missions once a quarter as a church. And sure, we have missionaries once a quarter, once about every 13 weeks. But this idea, this calling, this task that Jesus has laid before us is not a seasonal, it's not an occasional, and quite honestly, it's not even an optional task. It's a mission that God has set upon your life and upon my life. The mission that is in front of us is perpetual. It's, it's ongoing. It's ever-growing. It never comes to an end. In fact, missions isn't just something we do. Missions is who we are. 
at the very roots of our DNA. Oh, sure, our, our mission statement says love, reach, and empower. That's, that's really our calling. That's, that's what God has laid before us. But if you look at that, at the very base of all of that is this idea of missions. It's not just something we do. Missions is who we are. I believe that if we would look deep down inside of our lives, if you would look deep into your life today, every single one of us has this desire, this longing to be part of something so much larger than ourselves. We all want to be a part of something that has a purpose. Let me make this statement again. Missions isn't just something we do it's who we are. We want to be a part of something that has meaning. We want to be a part of something that has substance to it. In fact, someone once said this, choose as your missions in life a mission that makes a difference. Can we see that on the screen this morning? Choose as your mission in life a mission that makes a difference. Let me ask you, do you want to be a part of something that makes a difference? You see, it's easy just to get up and, and go through the routine. We talked about it a little bit last week. What happens? We get stuck in this rut. We get used to our routine and our schedule. Some of you are creatures of habit, kind of like I am. We've recently changed the path of how we come to church because we figured we can save about a minute and a half drive time by turning one area different than the other. And I'm telling you what, a minute and a half in the morning for me is huge. But this morning, I'm on my way to church, and I realized I forgot to turn. And I looked at Angie and said, why am I going this way? She goes, I don't know. I saw you go, and I wonder, what's he doing? I'm a creature of habit. For the last nine and a half years, this is the direction I've gone. But I realized there's a better path over here. I can bypass stoplights over here. I can bypass traffic over here. Some of us have been stuck in the path here. Oh, it's a fine path. It's a good path. It'll get you where you need to go. But God's got a better plan. God's got a better path. God's got a more productive road for you. And I wonder, are you willing to be a part of something so much larger than yourself? Would you choose today, grab a hold of a mission that makes a difference. This morning, I want to look at five different levels of involvement. If we're going to look at this idea of missions, if we're going to wrap ourselves around this and we truly believe that it's a calling from God for every single one of us in the room, then it's important that we look at the different levels of what that looks like. If you go into any organizations, there's going to be different levels of involvements. If you go to a restaurant, you have the host that stands behind the little booth and they take your name and they call your name out when your seat's ready. You have your server that's going to be there and they're going to be the ones that are bringing you your, your water and your food and what you need and all these things. You've got the cook in the back. You've got the manager that oversees. You've got their bosses and some office someplace kind of figuring out what's going on. There's all these different levels of involvement. But did you know that in this idea of missions, there are so many different levels. In fact, this morning, we're going to talk about five levels of involvement. Are you ready? Number one is this. Let's see if you can figure out where you land today. Number one is this, spectator. A spectator is one that 
simply passes by, just gazes upon. They're they're just attracted by the crowd. Many join in Jesus' day and they, they watched from a distance as he traveled into Jerusalem at the triumphal entry. Perhaps they watched as people picked up palm branches and began to wave them and lay things in front of him as Jesus came into the crowd. Maybe they watched from a distance as those closer to Jesus were cheering and celebrating. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Oh, they didn't participate. They were at a distance. They were watching. They were just a spectator. Many more joined in and watched as Jesus performed the miracles. Maybe they had heard that Jesus was in town. And as he began to walk through the city, they gathered around and they watched and peered around the corner. And they watched the blinded eyes opened. They watched those that had never walked before stand up and begin to watch. Maybe they were there when Lazarus came back to life and came hobbling out of the tomb. But they were on the outskirts just watching As a spectator, they were admiring from the crowd. For many today, that's what church and Christianity is all about. They're just watching from a distance. It's so evident in our culture, church has become a a spectator sport. Let's watch and see what the church does. Let's watch and see how the church develops. Let's see how the church responds in this moment. But don't get too close let's just watch from a distance maybe you're here today when it comes to missions you've simply been a spectator or perhaps you walk by in the lobby and you see the numerous pictures on the wall of the missionaries that we support as a church and maybe even from time to time you'll get a little closer and you'll read some of the names but you don't quite step in you're not really there you're just on the outskirts you're simply a spectator or maybe you've come to the second level this is the admirer An admirer is the one that watches, yes, from a distance, not really making any connections or even a plan to have a dedicated choice of change. But secretly, the admirer tries to look like the one. They try to resemble the one. Maybe you're really good about putting on the front. Maybe you're really good about playing the part. We know those. We've been around those. We know they try to dress up. They try to look like the one. They try to present themselves so they appear. You see, it's all about the imagery. Can I look the parts? But the problem is when it becomes inconvenience, The admirer, quite honestly, has no desire to put forth any major efforts. They really don't have a desire to assume any responsibility. Admiring is all they want. Why? Well, that's easy. It's so easy just to be an admirer. But there's a a third level, it's a follower. And many in this room, if I was to ask you, what are we to be? And you said, we're to be a follower of Jesus. This individual, they, yes, desire to be like the one that they admire. They want to follow Jesus. They take the admiration personal. 
They begin to apply effort and action to that which they admire. And for us, that's Jesus Christ. But oftentimes, it doesn't go to the full extent. It's here just a little bit. It takes them a little closer in. But really, they push themselves out and build a wall between. They simply follow from one place to another. But truth be told, once again, when it's inconvenience, they step back. Why? Because, well, they're just, just a follower. There's a fourth level, and that's a disciple. Now, this word disciple, we talk a lot about being disciples in the church. Jesus himself said, go and make what? Disciples. So a disciple is a good thing. We should strive to be a disciple. We want to move from just a spectator. We want to move to an admirer. We want to move to a follower. We come to this place of being a disciple, and this word literally means to be a learner, a student, an apprentice, or a carbon copy of the teacher. I don't know about you, but that's my desire. Do I always achieve that? No. But that's my desire. Lord, I want to reflect you to the world around me. Lord, as I go out, Lord, and I represent you, God, I want people around me to see me and know, Lord, that I'm your child, that I'm your disciple, that that I want to be more and more like you. Truly accepting and becoming a disciple requires that the one which desires to be a disciple engages in the discipline and the submission that comes from the one they are modeling. You see, in Jesus' day, a disciple would, would be waiting at the door early in the morning. Before the, the one that they were following, the teacher or whoever it happened to be, before they ever came out the door, they were at the front door. They were ready. They were eager. They were waiting. Why? Because they wanted to go everywhere that that person went. They wanted to model their actions. They wanted to be a carbon copy. In fact, the early church, the word Christian, came from when the early church was being scrutinized. They were mocking them and calling them Christians, which means little Christ. This word Christian was once a derogatory term, but I'll tell you what, it's one now that I embrace. I want to be a little Christ. I want to be a carbon copy of Jesus. But here's what I've come to understand. This is going to blow some of your minds today because we always say we need to be a disciple. We need to raise up disciples. But did you know to be a disciple is the minimal requirement that Jesus desires of us? Think about that. Go and make disciples. This is, the, this is the starting line. This is the very beginning. This is the, the, the rope is right here, ready, set, go. This is the launching moment, the very basics of what Jesus desires and even requires of us is to be a disciple, to be a carbon copy, to be a representative for him. So there's a fifth message. Now, some of you are getting super excited this morning because you see your notes and there's only five points. I got three pages on this one point. So don't get too eager yet. It's good stuff. So we are called, number five, level five, to be a messenger. So we go from a spectator to an admirer 
We find ourselves being a follower. We're kind of watching where he goes. We intensify that and become a disciple. We're eager. We're anticipating. We're waiting at the doorway in the morning. God, what do you have for me today? Lord, what do you want me to do today? Lord, I want to follow after you. I want to learn from you. I want to be a carbon copy of you. And then it brings us to number five, a messenger. He says, therefore, go. Go and make disciples. See, there's action to being a disciple. There's action to the steps of following after Christ. It's not enough just to be the carbon copy and be put on the shelf. I mean, I was going through my desk this week and kind of cleaning some stuff out and and truth be told there's some files that i haven't gone through in several several years um in fact i found some email printouts from 2004 in my desk that i realized i probably don't need anymore they were carbon copies of the original that was on my computer but they've been put in a, in a cabinet, they've been put in a filing cabinet for the last 16 years and had no effect on my life whatsoever. Some of us are kind of like that carbon copy. Oh, we've been coming in. We've been filing ourselves down the row. We've been filing ourselves to a chair. We've been sitting in a seat for the last 16 years. Sure, we're a carbon copy, but it's had no effects on the world around us. See, we've got to move from this idea of being a disciple and, and step that forward because Jesus himself said, you've got to go. This word messenger literally means one that is sent. One that is sin. In fact, John chapter 17, Jesus was sharing with the disciples about what was about to take place with his death on the cross. And he begins to pray. During this prayer, he prays a prayer that has affected your life and my life even to this day. John chapter 17, verse 18 says, just as you, Jesus is crying out to the Father. He says, just as you sent me into this world, I am sending them into the world. Guess who them are, is? I don't know what the correct word is. Guess who them refers to? Us. Just as Jesus was sent into this world with a purpose and a calling to share this news, to to give himself, to sacrifice himself on the cross, now Jesus in all authority from heaven to earth now looks to you and he looks to me and he says, go. Go into all the world. Then after his resurrection, he approaches the disciples and makes this statement, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, he just cried that out to God. Jesus tells the disciples, he even cries it out in prayer. 
Lord, you've sent me, now I'm sending them. Jesus is sending and has sent you and, and you and you and you and, and me and those watching online. He has sent every one of us. But this mission is not just a, a flippant request. He didn't know what else to say or anything. No, 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 no. There was purpose. There was a charge. There was a challenge, a commission to go and reach the world just as he reached and changed the world. The mission to multiply has been set before you and me. That's why we, the church, that's why we individually must accept the mission and begin to multiply. After all, missions is our calling. Missions is our mission. Missions is our role as a Christian. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says it this way. So we are Christ ambassadors. That means we're his representatives. A nation, when they send an ambassador to represent them before leadership of another nation, they make sure that person knows exactly what to say. They make sure that person knows exactly what's going on. You don't want somebody representing you that doesn't think the way you think. Right? You don't want somebody representing you that doesn't process the way you process. So God has equipped us and empowered us. You may not have all the answers. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. In those moments you don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit will intercede on your behalf. Do you see how all of these pieces of the puzzle fit together? Do you see how God has set us up for success in sharing this good news? Because here's the deal. He didn't have to choose us. God could reach the world without any one of us. Now, some of you right now went, woo, let him do it. <laughs> but that's not, that's not what he's chosen to do. Yeah. He's chosen to use us, yeah. his messengers. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples. Get them to the very beginning stages. He says, if you get them to the beginning stages, man, I'll cause the increase. Oh, you can plant the seed, you can water the soil, but only God will cause the increase. Only God will raise it up. Only God will do what God can do. We can't do that. We just share the good news. Why? Because we are Christ ambassadors. But look at this. God is making his appeal through us. Man, that's huge. That, I don't know about you, but that makes me go, whew, Right? That, those are big shoes to fill. Man, our team up here, these guys love their Nikes, and, and they're, they're really kind of pressuring me to, to go that direction. I've been a Converse guy my entire life. And, but anyway, <laughs> Pastor Joe has like this enormously monstrous-sized foot. And I was talking to another guy in the lobby. He's going to love that I'm sharing this news like worldwide on the Internet. Joe has big feet. Anyway, I was talking to another guy in the lobby a moment ago, and he, he was talking about shoes, and he said, yeah, it's really hard to get shoes with a size 15 foot. I mean, this guy's got a bigger foot than Pastor Joe. Joe I said, Pastor Joe has a 14 size foot. I can't even fathom that. But look at this. These shoes that God wants us to fill, he doesn't say, hey, 
Here's a size God. <laughs> I don't know what size shoes he's wearing. I'd never ask. He didn't just say, hey, here's these shoes. Fill them. But he equips us and empowers us with the ability. He says, they that walk in step with the spirits. As we walk in step with the Spirit, God supplies our need. God pours in to our lives. So as we look at this idea of being his ambassador, he says God makes his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when he, we plead, come back to God. So how do we do this? How do we engage in this idea of missions? What does missions look like for you and for me? I mean, here we are in, in Sedalia, the middle of the United States. How do we reach somebody in Slovakia? How do we reach somebody in, in Africa? How do we reach somebody in, in Japan? How do we reach people on the other side of the world? Honestly, how do we reach somebody on the other side of the United States? Through missions. That, that's our call. But there are three ways that I believe that we can accomplish this task. In order to be a messenger, in order to move from a spectator up the scales all the way to messenger. And by the way, I'm not expecting you today to go from spectator to messenger. I'm not expecting that because that's a huge step. But let's get you to the place of being a disciple. Let's get you to the very grassroots, the very foundation of being a follower. One that has a desire and a longing for the things of God. But how do we move up that scale? Number one, we pray. Man, this has been a topic we've talked about a lot, in, and I hope that you haven't gotten tired of hearing me say we need to be a people of prayer because, man, if we don't grab that, nothing else is going to work. Nothing else is going to be successful. No other mission that we try. Without prayer, nothing will happen. We've got to be a people of prayer. We pray that God will give us opportunities. I love the heart of one of our folks here in Encounter Church Wednesday night. They were praying and they said, hey, we were just gone out of town. And while we were gone, we were crying out and praying that God would give us bold opportunities. I love that. I love that. That we'll be courageous enough to say, Lord, give me bold opportunities. Lord, I don't just want little bitty opportunities. I want God-sized shoe opportunities. God, would you lay that before me? We pray, we cry out to God, and then we listen carefully for him. The second thing we do is we give. Now, if you're new to Encounter Church, we don't talk about finances a lot. Yeah, every week we'll take an offer, receive an offering, but we don't have a lot of conversation on give, 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 give. But once a year, we really dive in and we talk about missions. We as a church, we support 58 missionaries here at this location, 13 missionaries at our Warrensburg location. That gives us a total of 71 missionaries that we support every single month on a regular basis. That's incredible. In fact, yeah, go ahead. In fact, this year, and I don't have all the rock-solid numbers, but this year, to date, I know of that we gave in 2021 over $75,000 to missions as a church. That's incredible. That's incredible. But here's what I want you to understand. Every dollar that comes in 
goes to missions. We don't skim some off the top. We don't say, well, we'll put a little over here for operating expense or anything like that. Everything that comes in goes to our missionaries. We support them every single month, believing and trusting that God's going to use these great men and women of faith to reach those that we can't get to, to share the good news for those that we can't reach out to, but God's going to do it. Next week, I'm going to give you an opportunity to use this faith promise card. Everybody grab that for a moment. There's one in about every other seat in here today. What is a faith promise? Well, if you look on here, it says, as your faith promise or commitment is an agreement between you and God. It is, an understood, it is understood that you may revise your promise or commitment at any time. It's a faith promise between you and God. It's not a reallocation of your tithe. The tithe is the top 10% that God has called us to give on a regular basis. Your tithe, according to the Bible, goes to the storehouse, and that would be the church to continue to do what we need to do on a regular basis to pay our bills, to, to make investments, to do all these things that we need to do. And all of that happens here. Now, your missions is designated giving that's above and beyond this, like I said, that goes to directly support missions, to support our missionaries, to support missions endeavors on a regular basis. Some of you are here today and you say, well, pastor, I don't know why you gave me one of these cards. I can't do anything. There's nothing I can do to support missions financially. Well, here would be my response. Have you mentioned that to God? Because the Bible says that my God will supply all your needs. He's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. That's what that name means, Jehovah Jireh, God, our provider. And you say, well, there's nothing I can do. Well, again, this is not a faith guarantee. It's a faith promise. So next week, I'm going to ask you to fill this card out. And this week, I want you to pray about it. God, what would you have me to do? God, what would you have our family to do? God, what does this look like for missions? Some of you have never given to missions before. I would challenge you, begin to support missions. I'm not asking you to, to start way up here, wherever you need to start. Start someplace. Some of you have been given, and some of you have the capability of giving quite a bit more. I would say to you, have you, have you talked to God? It seems like our missions giving goes up and up personally every year. In fact, my wife and I were talking about it a while ago. She's like, I didn't realize we gave that month, much monthly to missions. I'm like, that's what we talked about last year. It's what God told us to do, so that's what we're doing. So next week we'll fill this out. It's perforated. I'll have you turn in one half. Maybe you're saying, well, pastor, why do you want me to turn in one half if it's between me and God? Why do you need to know? Because we got a plan. We take all the cards that are given in, we add up the amount that is given on the cards. We tally that together, and then we take 80% of that, and we support missionaries at 80%. Well, why don't we do 100%? Because I know some of you will fill out the card, and you'll never give. Right? Now, I, I pray that we'll all give, but I'm just being realistic. We won't send Guido or the posse out after you. I'm not going to knock on your door month two and go, <clears throat> you said you were given X amount of dollars per month and you're not here. What's going on? No, we're not going to do that. 
But we use these numbers to help us figure out what we're supposed to do. So we pray, we give, and number three, we go. We go into the world. Let me remind you where the world begins. Acts 1.8, you'll receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. In other words, Jerusalem was right where they were. Samaria was the outskirts. Judea, a little further out, and around the world. So for you, missions begins right where you are. Missions begins in your home. Sharing Jesus with your family. Missions begins with the workplace, your co-workers, those that you come in contact with every day. Mission starts with the church as we serve on a weekly basis on a serve team right here at Encounter Church. Missions begins right here in our community as we reach out. We've got Convoy of Hope this week. We begin to impact our community. But it can't stop there. Go into all the world. Many times it's just way too easy to go through the motions just to be a spectator. Just to be an admirer, even a follower. I'll, I'll follow along. I'll, I'll fill out a card, but there's no real commitments. But it requires that we step out of our comfort zone. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says this, for everyone, look at your neighbor this morning and say everyone, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's great news. Because there's some of us, if it was up to us, we'd say, save them, but don't save them because I know what they did. Right? Some of us will look at ourselves and say, I'm not worthy to be saved because I've messed up too many times. I've made too many mistakes. I've got a past. The Bible says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But here's the catch. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? We can come up with a myriad of reasons why we can't be involved, why it's better just to be a spectator. But regardless of the excuse or the reason, the Bible's clear that unless somebody tells them, they will never know. They will never know that God so loved them that He gave His life on the cross of Calvary. They will never know that God loved them so much that while they were still in the midst of messing up, He chose to willfully die on the cross. So each one of us today must come to the place of making a commitment to Jesus to take the needed steps forward, to move from spectator to admirer to follower to disciple, the very basic desire of God into a messenger. Why? Because how will they know unless somebody tells them. Yeah, I know this is a step-by-step -step process, but I encourage you today, begin to make the move. Why? Because as long as there is one person that doesn't know Jesus Christ, God desires that each one of us share the message, the good news.
of Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me today? Thank you again for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to your life.